everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Leah Berry, and I attended Milo almost 20 years ago, which is pretty scary. I know. Yes, it was a while ago. Um, <laughs> and it's actually been amazing to see how Milo Lashwitz continues uh, to evolve. And I'm excited. Please, God, uh, probably in the next five years to have uh, my daughters attend, which is pretty crazy and also amazing. Um, and I just wanted to thank everyone for joining us, especially to our team captains for all their help and their leadership uh, for the charity day. It was really phenomenal and everyone should feel really good about it. Um, and just wanna thank everyone who participated in lots of different ways. Um, and I know that Robinson Rosenbaum has a, a wonderful share prepared this evening. So, um, and I am. Uh, I will do, be doing screen sharing for my first time this evening after a year on Zoom. So hopefully it'll go smoothly. Um, and we appreciate Mrs. Rosenbaum's time, especially this time of year when it is uh, so hectic. Um, and uh, appreciate all of you joining us as well. So Mrs. Rosenbaum, please take it away. Okay, amazing to see everybody. And I can't believe that everybody joins in so close to Pesach. So. Um, if, I think a lot of a lot of you um, got your, turned your screen off when you were muted. If you could turn your screen off, it's on, and it's not hard for you. I would appreciate it only because I feel like I'm talking to people. Okay, all right. Um, we're going we're going to move. Um, it is a share that's about between about an hour and fifteen minutes. Okay, so all right. So we're gonna start off. When today's Rosh Chodesh was for Rosh Chodesh Nisan, and of course, when you have a shear on Rosh Chodesh Nisan, you are going to start with the following Chazal. Okay, Leah, here on share screen. <laughs> All right. Okay, good. Okay, so I have to move my people because it's in the. Okay. All right, number one, from the Yalkut Shimoni, it tells us, Rabbi Yehoshua Omer, Benisan Nigalu, Benisan Asidim Lihigael. In Nisan, we were redeemed, and in Nisan will come the future Geula. I don't think any Shir on Rosh Chodesh Nisan would not start with this, with this um, Chazal. That and it was in month of Nisan that Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim, and in the month of Nisan is going to be the future Geula. And since we're doing a shear for women, so of course the next Gemara is also something that would for sure come in. And that is Bishar Nashim Tzidkaniyo Shayu Baoso Hadzar Nigalu Yisrael Mimitzrayim. As a schar for the great women that were in that generation, B'nai Yisrael were redeemed from Mitzrayim. It was under Miriam Hanavia's leadership, her guidance, her role as a mora, as a teacher, to inspire the women in Mitzrayim to keep their emuna alive, that the, the geula came in the zuchus of the women. And that's why this year, tonight, we're going to discuss Miriam Hanavia. The Ramah Mipano says, we know that the Gemara tells us that there were seven nevios, those nevios were needed lidoros, who, those nevios were lidoros. And he says that each one of these Nevios represents a different one of the Spheros. So, right, Sarah is the Mida of Chesed, Miriam was Gevura, Devora Tiferes, Chana Netzach, Abigail Hod, Chulda, he says, Brishalom, which is Yisod, and Esther is Malchus. 
So um, we're not going, we could really spend, we do, I do spend a year or two um, discussing how each of the spheros um, represents, fits in with each one of the Nevios. But our share tonight is on Miriam. So Miriam's Mida is the Mida of Gevura. So I just want to put it in connection with Sarah Imenu is the Mida of Chesed. Rav Hutner defines the Mida of Chesed is Lehis Hashem, to overflow, to, to spread out, to branch out, to overflow. That's Sarah. Sarah Imenu, as she went out to the world and taught the world, the women of the world, about the Rabboni Shalom. That was her. It's an outward Mida. Versus the Mida of Gevura, the Mida of Gevura is an inward Mida. Rav Hutner explains that um, Gevura is Tzimtzum. It's narrow. It's defined. It's Gevulos. It's boundaries. It's limitations. It's inwards. Chesed is outward. Gevura is inward. Miriam had an inward Mida. Sometimes this Mida is referred, the Mida of Gevura is referred to as the Mida of Yira. Right? Like we know, Avraham's Mita was Chesed, Yitzchak was Gevura, or sometimes called Yira. So Gevura can sometimes be called um, Gevura, and sometimes it's Yira. And Yira is an inward Mita. Now, the first time that we find something in the Torah is where you find the Shoresh Hadavar. Rabbi Tzadok Melublin says, the first time, if you want to know what is the root of something, find the first time it's mentioned in the Torah. If you want to know about a person, find the first time they're mentioned in the Torah. That's where you're going to get to the root. So the first time that we meet Miriam, we find her and we see that we see her with the Mita of Gevura, with the Mita of Yirah. It's interesting. I love to work on Nashim Batanach. And when I work on Nashim Batanach, right, it becomes a whole avoda of figuring out what is the essence of that woman? What were her kochos? What were her milos? And we have to look, like we have to go to, the, to all the places in, in Tanakh where she's mentioned and, and, and learn it out because it doesn't really tell us outright in the psukim what their mitos were. But here it's a no-brainer. Because here, the Pasuk outright tells us what Miriam's um, Mida was. So, the first time that she's mentioned is in source number four, which is in Shemos Perak Aleph, right? By Yomer Melech Mitzrayim Lamiados Irios. The king of Mitzrayim said to the Jewish midwives, Asher Shem Ha'acha Shifra V'Shem Hashem is Pua. The name of the first one was Shifra. The name of the second one was Pua. We know that Shifra is Yochebed, Pua is Miriam. Then it goes on and he tells them, when you, when you help the Jewish women give birth, or Isam Al Ha'avnayim, and you see them on the birthing stone, in Benhu Bahamita Moso, if it's a male, then you should be killed. You should kill it. She is a, a girl, she can live. Then the Pasuk tells us, The midwives feared Hashem. So right here, Biff Favorish, outright in the Pasuk, tells us their Mita. Don't have to even look and you don't have to go any further. This is their Mita. The Mita of Yochevet, the Mita of Miriam is that they were Yare Es Hashem. 
And not only does the Pusik tell it to us one time that this is their Mida, but look for Pesukim ahead. It says it again. And it was that the midwives feared Hashem. So this is an amazing thing, that the Torah itself says it outright two times, that their Mida is the Mida of Yeros Hashem. And if we look at number five, the Medrash Rabbah tells us on this pasuk, about them it is said in Mishlei Perek Lamed Aleph Eishas Chayil, Isha Yiras Hashem Hitis Halel, a woman with Yiras Hashem she should be praised. Now, if you were in my Eishas Chayil class when we did Miriam the first time, you would say that's not the pasuk that we learned which we'll come back to later. But the Medrash Rabbah says, Isha Yiras Hashem, he tisalel, a woman with Yiras Hashem, she should be praised. That's talking about Yocheved and Miriam. That this Pasuk, the last Pasuk of Isha Chayil, praising a woman's Yiras Hashem, that's about Yocheved and Miriam because that's what the Pasuk says, that they were Yiras Hashem. Now look what the parish on the Medrash says. And so too, four psukim later, that they feared Hashem. Pasuk tells it to us. That their Yiras Hashem is what gave them their strength to rebel against the word of Paro and to make their children, let the children live. Okay, so in other words, it's on where, where did they get that strength to stand up to Paro? Paro was the most powerful man in the entire world at the time. And he was evil. And he really, really would have killed them. And where did they get the ability to stand up and to not listen to him and to, to go against his command? Because they were Yare as Hashem. They feared Hashem. They didn't fear Paro. They feared Hashem. That's their, that is, that was their Midah. And he goes on, Va'alzos, Iker, Hilulam, Vishivcham. And this is their main praise. If you want to tell you what's the main praise, what's the greatest thing that we could say about Yocheved and Miriam, that is that they were Yare as Hashem. Shlomo says, Isha Yiras Hashem, he tishalel, a woman with Yiras Hashem, she should be praised. Now he goes on and he adds on something that's very interesting. He says, that the main praise that you could praise a woman, if we want to give a woman the ultimate, ultimate compliment, what can we say about a woman? To give her the ultimate compliment is he hayiras Hashem sheyishla that she's the yari Hashem. That's the that's the most outstanding compliment you can give to a woman to say that she is a yari as Hashem. V'lo matzano b'chol kisvei hakodesh nashim shetzavinu b'shevach yirasam as Hashem ella ella. And we didn't don't find anywhere in the twenty four kisvei kodesh women that were commanded in their praise of their Yiras Hashem except these. These are the only two women in the entire Tanakh in which it says, Bifeirish, in the Pasuk, 
that they were Yari Es Hashem. And it is the greatest praise that you can give to a woman. This is the praise that Hashem gave to Avraham Avinu. Hashem said to Avraham Avinu, Atayadati, now I know ki yare elokim ata, that you are a yare Hashem, right? So the Medrash says on number six, kishtu atzman l'mazazikinam, they adorn themselves, they like, so to speak, dress themselves in the deeds of their zaidi, their great, 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 I don't know how far great, great it goes, Avraham. That they, that they followed in the Midah of Avraham Avinu. Kumash HaKadosh Baruch Hu Me'idalav. As Hashem testified, Ki Atoyadati, now I know, Ki Yarielu Kimata. When did Avraham get this praise from HaKadosh Baruch Hu? After, at the end, when he finished all ten Nisyonos, and he passed all ten Nisyonos, and he passed the hardest of the Nisyonos, the Akedas Yitzchak, then Hashem said to him, now I know that you are a Yari Hashem. And that's the same phrase that's given to Yocheved and Miriam, right, for not killing the baby boys the way the Paro told them to. Okay, another aspect of Miriam. Miriam, the Svas Emma says, Miriam's koach was in her peh. Shaya kocha gadol bepeh. Miriam's koach was the koach of her peh, the koach of her speech. Now let's talk about the koach of speech for a minute, okay? Where we find, where should we go? Let's go back to Briasa Olam, to the creation of man. Number eight, Moresh's Perek Beis. Vayitzar Hashem alokim es ha'adam, afar min ha'adama. Hashem created Adam, dirt from the ground. And he blew into his nostrils a breath of life, a neshama of life. And Adam became a living creature. So what made Adam greater than all the other creatures that Hashem had created? So Targum tells us right underneath it. It says in bold, the napach ba'apohi, nishmasa dechaye, he blew into his nostrils a neshama of life. The heves ba'adam l'ruach nimalala, and Adam became a speaking person. What makes Adam, what makes man greater than all creatures? Because man has the power of speech. So what do we see? What do we see from this? We see from this an interesting thing, and that is that speech is in the neshama. Okay? It originates in the neshama. We think speech comes from the voice box. It does. It comes out from the voice box. But where does it originate? Speech originates in the neshama. And by the way, did it wrong? Neshama. Where's the neshama of a person? People always, always point here inside. The neshama is like in the heart. The neshama is not in the heart. The neshama is in the brain. The neshama is in the seichel, okay? The neshama is in the seichel, and speech, okay, is a speech is in the neshama. The Chafetz Chaim says that speech is something that is ruchni. It's something that's ruchni. You can't touch speech. 
You can touch your arm. You can touch your leg. You can touch your face. You can touch your eyes. You can't touch speech. Speech is something that's ruchni. And the Chafetz Chaim says that actually speech is the expression of the neshama. We don't feel our neshama, right? We don't feel our neshama. We, 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 right, neshama, we just, we, we don't feel, we know we have a neshama, but we can't feel the neshama. So then how does the neshama express itself? The neshama expresses itself, the Chafetz Chaim says, through speech. And so that's why the Chafetz Chaim says, sort of parentheses, okay? That's why the Chafetz Chaim says someone who speaks Lashon Hara, it's so bad. Because you're taking something that's the Ruchni expression of the Neshama and you're using it Lara. And that's why that's so bad. Okay, so Miriam's Mida. Miriam's Mida is the Mida of Yira, right? The Mida of Gevura. She's inward. And her koch was in her pet. The pet, the speech, actually starts inward. It's in the neshama. And it is, right, what Miriam did is that she took the koach of her pet, the koach of the expression of the neshama, and she expressed herself outwardly in the world with the koach of her speech. And we're going to see so many ways that Miriam is the koach of the pet. Okay, so what did Rabbi Tzadok teach us? Again, Rabbi Tzadok teaches us when you want to know about the essence of something, go back to the first place it's in the Torah, right? That's where you find the essence. So what did we see? Leah, you don't have to go back. I'll just say it, okay? What did we see in the first place that, that Miriam is mentioned in the Torah? She's not called by her name, right? Okay, she's not called by her name. There it is. Okay, there, number four. One was Shifra, Vashem Hashem is Pua. That's Miriam, right? She's not called by her name, uh, by the name Miriam. She's called Pua. Okay, it's telling us her essence. Okay, why was she called Pua? There's lots of reasons. We'll start with the Rashi, which is number nine. Pua, Zumiriam. This is Miriam. Shapua, Shapua, Vlad. She used to speak and coo to the infants. Like the way of women who, who coo and who appease a baby that's crying. Why was she called Pua? Because of her koach of her pet. She used her koach of her pet to coo to the babies, to calm the babies when they came out crying. So right away, when you meet Miriam, what do you do? You meet her with her koach of her pet, right? Okay, where else do we see Miriam's koach of her pet? So another reason, amongst others, of why she's called Pua, number 10, okay? Number 10, Zavar Acher Pua. Another reason for Pua, Shehofia Panim Kineged Paro. That she was chutzpedik to Paro. V'zakva chot mabo. And she stuck up her nose at him. V'amran, she said to him, Ay lo la'osa ish, kishi avoa elokim li pareya mimenu. Woe is to that man when God is going to come to punish him. 
She spoke with chutzpah to Paro, and she said to Paro, God's going to get you one day. And that was why she was called Pua, that she had the chutzpah to speak up to Paro, God's going to get you one day. There's an interesting medrash that continues about Shifra, Yocheved. Why was she called Shifra? Shifra, it's not bolded because it's not Miriam, but Shifra, Shaisam Mishaferes al Bita. Why was she called Shifra? She used to smooth things over. So she smoothed over the words of her daughter, Umefayeses Elah, and she appeased her. Amrolo, she said, She's an infant. She doesn't know what she's saying. He was going to kill. Paro was going to kill Miriam, right? God's going to get you one day. You say to the scariest man in the world, Shifra comes, who smooths things over, and she said, right? What? You're not, you care? She's five years old. She doesn't know what she's saying. And that's why she's called Shifra. But Pua is because she used her pet to speak up against Paro. Miriam's kalach was seen again in her pet when she said to her father, paro. Your gezeira is even more difficult than Paro. When Paro said that all the baby boys that were born should be thrown into the Nile, right? And at that point, Amram, who was the Gadol Hadar, was Mishiach. He was the Gadol Hadar and he said, well, what's the point anymore? And he got up and he divorced his wife. He said, who could bring children into a world of so much tsar? And because he was the Gadol Hadar, everybody went and everybody followed him. And they also divorced their wives. Amra Lobito, number 11, his daughter said to him, Abba, Kasha Gezeras Chayosa Michel Paro, your Gezera is even worse than that of Paro. Shaparo Logazar al Ella al Hazcharim. Paro's Gezera was only on the males. Your Gezera is on the males and the females. Right, Paro Loga, right, means, right, his, your Gezer, Paro said only the males. If you don't marry, if you don't have, if you're not married and you don't have any children, not only won't you have male children, but you won't have female children. You'll kill all the children of B'nai Yisrael. Paro Loga, Zar, Ela Ba'olam Hazet. Paro only decreed in this world. Ba'ata Ba'olam Hazet, Ula Olam Haba. And your decree is in this world and in the world to come. Interesting. What does that mean? Paro's decree is in Olam Hazet, and your decree is Olam Hazet or Olam Haba. There's a beautiful Rashi on this tomorrow. And Rashi says, this is sort of in parentheses, I just can't resist saying it now. The Rashi is a tremendous nechama for any woman who has had a stillborn baby or a miscarriage. Because what Rashi says is that if a baby comes into this world, that means the Shama entered this world, even if the baby dies and doesn't live. The fact that the baby came into the world and allows him into Olam Haba. So if someone says, I carried a baby for nine months, what was it worth? The baby, it was born, stillborn, all that nausea, all that tiredness, everything, and the baby didn't even live. There was a purpose because that Neshama could now go into Olam Haba. She said to her father, Paro's decree is only on Olam Hazet, even if those baby boys will have to be killed. But you're not even allowing them into Olam Haba. 
And so Amram was inspired by Miriam's Emuna, and he listened to her, and he remarried Yocheved with tremendous simcha, and everybody followed, all the men followed, and they remarried their wives. And Shlomo HaMelech praises Miriam for this tremendous emuna that she had. So, Chagra ba'oz masneha v'ta'ametz zra'oseha. Tvarikelis is smiling, right? Now it sounds familiar. Okay, right? The Medrash Mishle says, Chagra ba'oz masneha. She girds her length, her, she girds her loins with strength, and she makes her arms courageous. That that pasuk refers to Miriam. And oz means emuna. Chagra ba'oz masneha. She girded herself with emuna and made her arms courageous. And she's the one that kept the emuna of the women in Mitzrayim going strong. And that was only the beginning. Paro said that these babies had to be killed. But not only did they not kill the babies, but the Pasuk says, they did whatever they could to keep these babies alive. And so the Medrash says on number 13, Yesh kilos besoch kilos. This is praise amongst praise. In other words, lo dayan varav. Not only did they not keep his words, not only did they not go and physically kill the babies, that, that's, that would be great enough, they did whatever they could to keep the babies alive. If a baby was going to be born, right, and it was going to be stillborn, or it was going right, to die soon afterwards, they did whatever they could to keep the babies alive. So what did they do? A lot of different things. But I want you to see what I have bolded. They did a lot of things, but one is, what did they do? They davened. They davened for their babies. Again, Miriam's koach is the koach of her path. And she davened for these babies. If a baby was going to be born, stillborn, she davened Hashem that the baby should live. If the baby was going to be born with a birth defect, she davened that the baby should come out whole. Okay, she used her koach of her path because that's Miriam. Miriam is the koach of her path. And because Miriam had Emuna in the future of Bnei Israel, she was Zelcha to become a Nevia that knew the future of Bnei Israel. A Nevia who uses the Koach of her Peh to give over her Nevua. Actually, that's what a Navi means. Navi comes from the words Niv Sifasayim, the expression of the lips. That, they, that she used, right? She used her pet. Again, Miriam Hanavia. She used her pet to give over her Navua. What was her Navua? She said, look at number 14. The Gemara tells us. Okay. My mother in the future is going to give birth to the son that's going to save Israel. The Kavan Shanolad Moshe. And when Moshe was born, Nismale called Habayas Kula Ora. Or, the whole house was filled with light, right? What was in the Vua? My mother is going to give birth to the future Moshe of Yisrael. And sure enough, when Moshe was born, the whole house filled with the light of Shechina. Her father got up 
and he kissed her on her head. Amarla, he said, BT, wow, I see you were right. Your nevuah came true. You were really right. But then what happened? Three months later, they had to throw him into the Nile. Her father got up and hit her over the head. So where's that nevuah of yours? And so what happened? Right? She did not give up. We see he despaired. The Gadol Hadzar, and he was despairing. But she, her Muna, stood so strong. She stood by the Nile to watch and see not what was going to happen with this baby, but how. How was this baby going to be saved? Because she knew that this baby was going to be saved. She never gave up in the hope in the future of B'nai Yisrael. Her Amuna was strong. And Hashem rewarded Miriam for the strength of her Amuna. Because she stood by the wa water, watching to see how it was going to happen, Miriam, number 15, Miriam Hemtina, the Moshe Shachas. She waited there by the water. How long did she wait by the water? One hour. And because of it, B'nai Yisrael waited for her seven days in the Midbar. Because she waited for one hour, which the Mepharshim really calculate and point out that it wasn't even an hour, it was 15 minutes. 15 minutes before Bisya Basparo came and saved him from the river. And B'nai Yisrael waited for her seven days. And this is when Miriam, we know, when she spoke, quote, Lashon Har against Moshe. We're not going to have a chance to talk about that aspect of her. But I do want to point out it wasn't really Lashon Hara technically. Okay. Um, but because Miriam's koach was the koach of her pet, therefore, when she used her pet in the wrong way, she was punished for it. Okay. Miriam was born in Mitzrayim at the time when the worst of the Shibud began. The last 86 years, the Avodas Perach, that's when she was born. Miriam was 86 years old when B'nai Yisrael went out of Mitzrayim. And again, we see Amram, the Gadol Hadar, despaired. He named her Miriam. Why did he name her Miriam? Because that was the time by Yimara Ruas Chayehem. They embittered their lives, right? Their lives were bitter. And that's when you see his despair. He named her Miriam because of that. But she, she had such a Muna that she was able to turn it around, to sweeten the bitterness. She kept the Muna of the women strong the entire time. And there's another definition for the word Miriam. Miriam also comes from the word Laharim, to raise up, because she raised up the women of Mitzrayim at that time. There's a Pasuk in Micha, number 16, that Micha describes how when Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim, I took you from Mitzrayim and from the house of slavery I redeemed you. And I sent before you Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam. We're used to thinking that there was one person, there was one leader that took us out of Mitzrayim. But we see that's not so. In, in, from the Pasuk and Micha, Hashem says, I gave you three leaders, three great leaders to take you out of Mitzrayim. Who were they? Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam. Miriam was a leader that took B'nai Israel out of Mitzrayim. 
So says the Targum, and what was Miriam's role? And he says, Umiriam la'ora'a l'nishaya, as a teacher to the women. Miriam was the teacher, the one who inspired the women, the one who kept the amuna of the women going. Okay, here's a plug, right? Shout out for teachers. Miriam la'ora'a l'nishaya, that's how she's praised. She's a teacher for the women. And she used her koach of her pet to be the teacher of the women. In Divrei Hayyamim, we find that she's called by another name too. She's called by the name Acharchel. Acharchel, Zo Miriam, this is Miriam. Why was she called Acharchel? Because because all the women always followed after her. This pasuk is said by the Shira, but it's in general indicative of what they did. She was the Mora, and she led them, and they followed after her, and she's the one who kept their Amuna going. And the next Gemara is a very famous Gemara of where we see what she did to keep the Amuna of these women going, and what the women did to make them be the ones to be Zelcha that the Geula came from her. Number 18. As a reward for the great women of that generation, were taken out of Mitzrayim. At the time that they went to draw water, they, Hashem prepared small fish in their um, in their pitchers, in their containers. And they drew. Half of it was water, and half of it was fish. They filled two pots. One pot had warm water, and one pot had fish. And they took these two pots out to their husbands in the field. And they washed their husbands, their husbands that were so beyond exhausted and tired and filthy from all the avodas haperach and all the hard work that they were doing. So the women came out and they washed their bodies. Besachos osam, and they massaged them. Umachilos osam, and they gave them to eat. Umashkos osam, and they gave them to drink. Meniskakos lahem bein svasayim, and had relations with them amongst the shores. When the husbands had, were so misyaish, they had so despaired, right? And were not interested in having relations and were not interested in bringing any new children into this world. Why bring children into a world of such pain? And the women's emuna did not falter. And the women encouraged their husbands and, right, and had relations, encouraged them to have relations with them. And that's what it means that their amuna never faltered. They knew that the Geula was going to come. And that's why in their zechus, it was that the Geula came. And all of this was under the leadership of their teacher, Miriam. Let me tell you the Zohar and a Zohar that shows you the impressive amuna of the women of Mitzrayim. At that time, during that entire time that there was the decree that all baby boys had to be thrown into the Nile. Not one woman for even a minute 
contemplated the thought of aborting an unborn fetus. That's pretty, that Amuna, that's how great was their Amuna. Listen, think about our world of today, right? Okay. From Miriam came out Malachim, kings, David HaMelech, Shlomo HaMelech, Mashiach is going to come from Miriam. How? Because Miriam was married to Kalev ben Yefuna, the Nasi of Shevet Yehuda. So it's very interesting. We find in Zivri HaYamim, she is called yet by another name. She is called by the name Azuva. So she has the name Pua, the name Miriam, the name Acharchel. And now we find another name. Her name is Azuva. Azuva. Why was she called Azuva? Zo Miriam, number 19. Lamanikrashima Azuva. Why was she called Azuva? Shahakol Azvuha. They all left her. Nobody wanted to marry her. Can you imagine Miriam Hanavia? And she had trouble finding a shirach. Nobody wanted to marry Miriam Hanavia. Why? The Gemara explains that Miriam Hanavia was very sickly. She was very, very, very not pretty and very sickly. And nobody wanted to marry her. Came along Kalev ben Yefuna, and Kalev says, hmm, Miriam, she's the sister of Moshe and Aaron. And the Gemara tells us that if you want to know how your children are going to come out, look at the brothers of, the, of, your, of your wife. So he looked at Moshe and he looked at Aaron and he said, how bad could it be, right? And Kalev decides to marry her. And so Kalev marries Miriam. The Gemara tells us that after he married her, she, was, she, she became so beautiful. She became, he says, like a vered, like a rose that blossoms. That's how she was, she was so beautiful. And all the men were jealous of her beauty. There is another name that she is also called. She's also called by the name Ephras. Miriam is called by the name Ephras. Why? Ephras comes from the Lashon Pei Resh Saf. Pei Resh Hey really is the Shoresh, which means to multiply. Because she concerned herself with the multiplying of Bnei Israel. She's the one who was to us the women that they should be to Horos to be able to come to their husbands. She also kept all these babies alive. She was always interested in the multiplying of Bnei Yisrael, and so she was called Ephras. So there's a very interesting thing. In Sefer Shmuel, Aleph, Perak Yud Zion, David is the first war that David ever fights, and it is the war against Goliath. And there, we already met David, but he is reintroduced to us in the Perak, and it says, David ben Ish Ephrasi. He's the son of an Ish Ephrasi. So the Mepharshim say Ish Ephrasi from Ephraim. David was from Sheva Yehuda. So what does it mean Ish Ephrasi? Many times um, uh, Ish Ephrasi means Chashev. People from Ephraim is what it's called Ephrasi, someone who's Chashev. David ben Ish Ephrasi simply means David was the son of a Chashev person. But the Gemara says, no, that's not what it means. What does it mean, David ben Ish Ephrasi? He's the son of Ephras, whose Ephras is Miriam. Look at the, it's Rashi, Mestap to Sota, further on, right? Ephras, Queen Miriam. Miriam is called Ephras. 
So why is it told to us at that point to introduce us to, to David again and tells us that he's a descendant of Miriam Anaviah? Because David is going to fight his first war, a war against Goliath. Goliath? Goliath was the most powerful man in the world at that time. He was such a giant. He was so powerful. The whole world was afraid of him. Even Shaul HaMelech was afraid of him. Goliath? Goliath was the person who cursed Hashem and cursed B'nai Israel. For 40 days, he got up every morning and every evening and he cursed B'nai Israel and Hashem. So, where did David get the Gvura to fight against this most powerful, powerful person that the world was afraid of and who was such a Russia and who cursed Hashem? He got it from Miriam, from the DNA that he had in him from Miriam. That's where his gavura came. Miriam, Miriam, who stuck up her nose at the wicked paro that the whole world was afraid of and said, God's going to get you one day, right? That's where he got his gavura from the emuna of Miriam. David wasn't really a gibor, a physically strong person. Where did he get his gavura? His gavura came from his emuna. The Amuna that he got from Miriam. And that is where David got all of his strength, his Amuna, to fight in all the Mohammos that he fought. Okay, again, Miriam's Koach is her Koach in her pen. A higher level of Dibor is Shira. Dibor, we said, is the expression of the Neshama. Shira is the emotional expression of the neshama. And Miriam was on that level to sing Shira. And what did we see? Let's go to number 21. Right when they were at the yam, she takes the drum in her hands. Everyone follows after their mora, Miriam. And the Rashi says, famous Rashi, where did the women have drums? They're coming from Mitzrayim, where did they have drums? Rashi says, They were sure that Hashem was going to do Nisim for them. And they took out drums with them when they went from Mitzrayim. They knew Hashem was going to do Nisim. They were going to sing Shira. This was the Amuna of the women. So... Rabbi Shimon Schwab says that at the Yamsuf, we find that the emuna of the women was stronger than that of the men. And he brings a medrash. The medrash says that when B'nai Yisrael, you know what? We can turn back out of the screen share for a little bit. Okay. The Medrash says that when B'nai Yisrael, um, were, when, when they were crossing over the Yamsuf, they're crossing over the Yamsuf, they're walking on the dry land. Hashem has made this amazing nace for them of Kriyas Yamsuf. And they're walking on the dry lands. And you know what? The Medrash says they were Miktane Amuna. They were lacking Amuna. What were they saying? Just like we're walking on the dry land. And we're going to come out on the other side. Maybe the Mitzrayim are also walking on the dry land right behind us. And they're going to come out right behind us. So what happens? Hashem said to the Tsar of the Yam, spit the dead Mitzrayim out on the Abbasha. 
right? And when B'nai Israel saw the dead bodies laying there on the dry land, that's only when they sang Shira. It said, When they saw them dead on the dry land, that's when they sang the Shira. But when did the women sing Shira? The Pasuk says that, that right? As soon as the chariots of Paro came into the Yam, that's when Miriam took her tov, and that's when she sang Shira. They didn't need to see the dead Mitzrayim out when they bought Yabasha. As soon as they came into them, because that was the Emuna. They had the Emuna, their Emuna was so very strong, under the leadership of Miriam. And so... For the 40 years that B'nai Yisrael were in the Midbar, the women did not sin in any chait that involved Giyush, that involved a lack of emuna, not in chait Egel and not in chait Hamaraglim. I want to tell you a story about a, when I heard the story, I thought of Miriam Hanavia in our times. Okay, not exactly our times. It was a few decades ago in the time of the Holocaust. There was this woman, her name was Rebetzin, Nechama Liba Brady. She was the daughter of um, the Alter Mikhelm. She was a brilliant lady. And she was a true, um, she was Isha Chachama. And she, she was, had so much musr in her that Rav, um, Rav Eliyahu Lapian in his Sefer writes that she used to give musr vadim and the greatest of the um, Bale Musser in her generation around where she lived used to come once a week to hear a Musser Vatman. Rabbi Eliyahu Lapian writes this in his paper. Like he said, Rabbi Rucham Levavitz used to come and Rabbi Moshe Rosenstein used to come. Okay, that's just to give you an idea of who she was. Okay. On July 29th, 1941, the Nazis came into the town of Kelm. And they rounded up all the Jews of Kelm. And they took them on a death march. And the Rosh Hashivas of Kelm was in the, were in the front with the Rabbanim of the city, uh, followed by all the people. And you can imagine, they all knew that they were going to their death. And they were so sad, and they were downtrodden, and they were despaired, and everything. Rabbi Tzinecham at that time was over 100 years old. She couldn't walk. And they carried her on a chair. And when she saw what was going on, she told the men to sing. She said, we're not going to our death like this. We're going to sing. And she told them what to sing. She told them that she wanted them to sing the songs of Simcha's Torah. And she had them singing, Ashreinu matov chalkeinu umanayim goraleinu. How lucky is our chalek that we are. And she had them dancing in the streets, singing and dancing on the streets on the way to their death. And, right, and she had, This is what they were singing. And the Nazis were beside themselves. They didn't know what to do with themselves. And the Lithuanians that were watching couldn't believe it. And Rev. Eliyahu Desler writes about this in his Sefer. And there in the forest, she had them the, the Nazis had them dig a mass grave and, and kill them all. But they went to their death because of this Muna of this woman who led them 
This was a Miriam Hanavia, I thought, in our time. An amazing thing. Women, right? The, the Muna of women, so powerful and so strong. Now, in the very last year, maybe let's go back to screen share, okay? In the very last year that B'nai Yisrael are in the Midbar, as they are, as they are up to the number, I would like to go to... Two, two, number, I'm going to skip to number 31, okay? Okay. The very last year, as B'nai Yisrael are preparing to go into Eretz Yisrael, actually go back to number 30. As they're preparing to go into Eretz Yisrael, Vayavoh B'nai Yisrael, Kol Ha'etan Midbartzin B'chaldesh HaRishon, Vayeshev Ha'an B'Kadesh, Thomas Sham Miriam, Batika Versham, Miriam dies. On the way, right, they're ready to go. They're in the 40th year, and Miriam does not make it into Eretz Yisrael. She dies there in Kadesh. There was no water for the congregation because the Be'er was in the schos of Miriam. And everyone wants to know why. Why did Miriam die? Why didn't she go into Eretz Yisrael? And Rav Shamshim Rafal Hirsch says a magnificent piece. He starts off and says, She died there. You know why she died? Because he she had com completed her shlichas on this earth. She had been Mekayim, what she needed to do, right? She was she could die now because. Her, right, her tafkid was finished. She had instilled so much emuna into the women. She had led the women in their emuna that in their zuchos, B'nai Yisrael came out of Mitzrayim. She had kept the emuna of the women so strong in the Midbar that now, as this new generation is going into Eretz Yisrael, and it's a new generation, because almost everybody all the men from the previous generation had died. Anyone from 20, who was 20 and up at the time of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim died. So we have a new young generation coming into Eretz Yisrael, and it is going to be led by the women, the women whose emuna was so powerful. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it would take too much. We're, we're, we have no time, but you should read it. It's so beautiful. But one part in the middle, he goes, Ha'imahos, the saftos, amdu alos im hadar chadash ala eretz hamutachos. It's the mothers and the bubbies and the safta rabba, rabos that are taking the generation into Eretz Yisrael. This new generation, this young generation is being led by the women whose amuna is strong. They are the link back to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. They are the link to tell about all the nisim of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, about Matan Torah that they experience, about their connection to Hashem in the Midbar. This new generation is being led by these women who are ready for it. 
because it was stilled into them from Miriam. And that's how he ends. He says in big on the bottom, Miriam. This should all be go back and we should credit it to Miriam. That she was their Navi before them. She was their backbone. She was the backbone of the women of Mitzrayim, the Dar HaMidbar, and they were now ready to take this new generation into Eretz Yisrael and lead them with their powerful Amuna. And the credit goes back to Miriam. Now, Miriam dies and there is no Mayim. There's no water. Because the bear was in her Zuchus. Why was the Be'er in her Zuchus? So first, what's the Be'er? The Be'er was actually, Rashi explains, it was really a rock. And as B'nai Yisrael moved, the rock moved. And then when B'nai Yisrael stopped traveling, the rock stopped. And there's such an interesting thing about this Be'er. Number 32, it says, And the Nesim, when the rock stopped moving, the Nesim would go over to the rock and they would draw a line in the sand from the rock to the door of every family in their shevet. And if a woman wanted to go visit her friend, from one devil to the next, she would go in a boat. Okay, that's how much the water, right? That's look at the water man. They drew a line in the sand and the line became a river. There were 12 rivers, one by each shavet. And if you wanted to visit your neighbor, you had to go in a boat. That's how much water there was. Okay, the Mayim, why was the water in her, her zuchus? There's many different reasons. Why, I'll tell you two quickly. One is, because she waited by the water to watch what happened with Moshe. It represents her koach of Amuna, right? That, and with her Amuna, she was waiting to see how he was going to be saved. So the water was in her zuchos. That's one answer. Another answer is because, again, representing her koach of Amuna, that she was tovelas the women in Mitzrayim, right? When, when the husbands despaired, and she kept their Amuna going. She was Tovelis, the women, that they should be Tahar to their husbands in Mitzrayim. And therefore, the water was in her Zuchus. In Pirkei Avos, it tells us, number 33, There were 10 things that were created Erev Shabbos right before it became Shabbos. An interesting thing. Sometimes we have a chazal that says that something was created at the time of Sheshes Yemei Gracious. And really, we have to understand what does this chazal mean? Because really, everything was created at Sheshes Yemei Gracious. Hashem put everything into the world at the time of Briyas Olam. But when we have a chazal that specifically says something was created in Sheshes Yemei Gracious, it means that it was something that was necessary for the whole existence of the world to continue to exist with. And then when you have something that's created specifically, Erev Shabbos, Bein Hashmashos, 
right before it became Shabbos. So then that thing means that not only is it necessary for Kiyam Ha'olam, for the existence of the world, but it's necessary for Geula. It has to do with the coming of Geula and coming of Mashiach. So Miriam's Be'er was one of these things that was created right before Shabbos. That means that it is connected to the idea of Geula because Miriam brought Geula. And when you notice in Chazal, when they talk about the Be'er of Miriam, it's always called Piha Be'er because it's Miriam's Koach of her pet, right? Okay, and right, it has to do with Geula. Miriam's Emuna brought Geula in Mitzrayim. But when Miriam died, her koach was not gone from this world. It's still in this world. And so really the Be'er of Miriam is still in this world. Where is it? Some people say it, the Be'er of Miriam is in the Kineris. Some say it is in the, in the Yam Hagadzal, the Mediterranean. But that Be'er is going to come up again in the time of Geula. And look at the Pirkei Rabbi Eliezer. We'll only do a few parts of it. He says, Rabbi Pinchas Omer, May ha-be'er asidim la'alos mitachas miftan habayis. The Be'er is going to come in, in the time of Mashiach. It's going to come up from under. It's going to come somehow from wherever it's hiding. And it's going to come up from the threshing floor of the base of Migdash. And it's going to become into what's going to become 12 rivers corresponding to the 12 Shvatim, just like it did in the Midbar. It made 12 rivers, it's going to become 12 rivers again. Now look further down where it's bolded. The and any field or vineyard that's not producing fruit, will be watered from those waters and will make fruit. You know, we look at Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael is beyond beautiful, right? But Eretz Yisrael has so much rock in it. And we wonder, Eretz Yisrael is an Eretz Avas Chalavidvash. Where's the milk, the flowing of milk and honey? Where's all of it? There's so much rock. So what's going to happen is in the time of Mashiach, the Be'er of Miriam and all these 12 rivers are going to overflow. And all of this, all of these places from the waters are going to become so fruitful. And they're all going to become producing all types of fruit. And then the Nichna Simal Yam HaMelech Umechas Simoso then the Be'er of Miriam is going to go into the very salty Yam HaMelech, going to cover it over. And the waters of the Yam HaMelech are going to become sweet. And then it's going to come up in the valley, all the way up to Yerushalayim. And then the Be'er of Miriam is going to get caught in nets. Okay? And then the whole Adam Shahu and any person that's sick, Rochets Baosam Hamayim are gonna wash in those waters, Umisrapain is gonna become healed. So the Koach of Miriam is, in other words, is still in the world. Miriam died, but her Koach didn't die. 
and her koach is still in the world. Her be'er is still in the world, and her koach that she puts in the women, the koach of Amuna did not die. It's in the women. And the women's Amuna has stood us strong throughout Gaulus. And there are chachamim that tell us that the emuna of, of the women of B'nai Yisrael in Gaulus has always been stronger than that of the men. So it's brought out, brought down from Rabbi Yoel Kluft in the Sefer. He was talking, for example, about the Spanish Inquisition. And he says in the, about the Spanish Inquisition, he talks about the emuna of the women in the time of the Spanish Inquisition that it was stronger than that of the men. He says, The Yavits wrote, The Tzmimus took women in Svarad in Spain, They stood with Mesiras Nefesh, in the time of the Inquisition, even more than some of the greatest of the Chachamim. Shayula Anusim, many of them became Muranos, below Amdub and Mesiras Nefesh, and were not able to stand with Mesiras Nefesh, but women stood more with Mesiras Nefesh throughout Gaulus. So I want to end with a story. So perhaps you heard about this Arav whose name was Rav Mordechai Eliyahu. Okay, Rav Mordechai Eliyahu was a great tzaddik and a Talmud uh, um, who was the Rav Harashi of the Sephardim in Eretz Yisrael, who died about 10 years ago. Before he died, he was in a coma. He was in a coma and um, he was in a coma and he was like, he, he was completely out of it. He couldn't talk. He couldn't speak. He his eyes were closed. About two days before he was nifter, his daughter was sitting in the room with him and he suddenly opened up his eyes and he said to his daughter, tell the women to get their tupim ready. So when men hear this story, they go, huh? What? Right? They can't make it out. But we women know right away what he was talking about, right? Tell the women to get their tupim ready, just like by Mitzrayim. It was the women whose Amuna brought the Geula and they brought their Tupim with them because they knew where they were going to sing Shira Al-Hayyam, right? So too, he was saying that the Geula, it's time for the Geula. The Geula is coming soon. And just like it was the women that ushered in the Geula in Mitzrayim, it's going to be the women that